He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. We are here, the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Glad to be with you on a Monday. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys. A lot to get through to throughout the show today. Brooke Henderson breaks a long drought. Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman. The Aussies get it done in the playoff down at the Zurich. We've got a Tiger sighting on the internet. Big 12's going on today. A lot of other things going on. College golf. Nice finish by Taylor Moore on the Corn Ferry. We will get to all that throughout the day. But the lead story today on the 73rd <laughs> hole is that our man Sam Humphreys did something that I didn't even know was a thing. Sam, you slept on your phone yeah. and accidentally typed in your password too long, so you are locked out of your phone and cannot access valuable so, content. So I woke up this morning, and my phone literally said disabled for two hours. And right now we're looking at about seven minutes. It says iPhone disabled. Try again in seven minutes. So I better type this code in correct. Like I haven't been this nervous since I won at Horseshoe Bet. Like I am, I am so nervous right now that I'm not going to type this in right. And I'm going to, it's going to be disabled until the masters next year. It's the, pa- it's the password version of a three footer for the win. Like, yeah. yeah, you should make it. But you're a little nervous something could go wrong, and now you're locked out of your phone yeah. for 10 hours. This is, yeah, this is the three-footer to extend the match. This is the three-footer yeah, to no win life. the match, to keep going. This is, yeah. this is, if, this is almost like, if for, for anyone, this is an iPhone as well. So, like, if you, <laughs> if for anyone who knows, Apple's security is actually pretty high. So, if you, if you mess up, they ain't going to let you in that thing. Well, what they, I your think phone happened, might blow up if you punch think, your phone in. I think what happened, like, I go to bed every night, and I watch a few TikToks, or I'm on Twitter, or, or uh, Instagram. You and, and, and I'm watching it, and I I think I fell asleep, and I just turned over on my phone in the middle of the night and typed in my passcode like 500 times. <laughs> and, and, and none of those times have happened to be right, by the way. Yeah, I didn't I didn't ever type it right in my sleep. Yeah, so me and Taylor we're texting back and forth this morning on our group text. Sam doesn't text back, which is unusual, but I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, eh, he'll be here. So he shows up and he's like, Yeah, my phone's disabled. I'm like, well, you're you're what? How's your phone disabled? <laughs> yeah. Just so, unlock so, it. You know, sometimes you can leave the phone out in the heat and like it gets too hot and it says oh, that yeah. you can't use it for so long. Anybody so who's first... practiced at the golf course long enough knows that. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. that's what I thought had happened. I'm like, Sam, how the hell did your phone get too hot? It's not that hot outside. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? And, and we hear the full story in it. Uh, it makes. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh, God. It works. Are we up? Look, All right, type in the password. Oh, my type God. Type in the password. Make sure that we're in. 95,000 missed messages. <sighs> You're going to have a lot of miss. A few from Taylor and I, as we were uh, working on scheduling this morning for the pod. I'm not going to say it out loud. But. Moment of truth. Don't say it out loud. We don't want all the listeners to know. Somebody come steal your phone, type in your password. Big deal, big Let's deal. Go. Yeah. All right, we're in. Baby. Come we're on. on. And now, it's a good start to the day. And now we're yes. off. It's a good Monday. We're in. You're we're not in. nervous anymore. You're good to go. It's your a good Monday. Your phone is open. All you right. can access all your go. apps, all so, your functions. that was incredibly clutch by you. So we're going to call it the anti-Louis. <laughs> that was like Jordan 96 of uh, phone putting in. Yeah. Right that was, or or LeB- whatever side y'all are on. Dame Miller <laughs> or uh, who's uh, who's the guy that you uh, argue Taylor Gucci about? You, Dame Miller. Dame Miller. He's 0-4, by the way. So oh, yeah. GG wanted to bet me. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, losing yeah. All their, they're losing all their games for sure. Um, Louis Ustazen steps up in the playoff yesterday and 
I mean, you've got all of Louisiana. You've got Baton Rouge. You've got half of New Orleans. You've got the Gulf Coast. I mean, you've got everything to the left on 18 at the Zurich. And Louis steps up, and what does Louis do? He hits it so far right that they can't even go up and take a drop. They have to re-tee. It's basically like hitting it out of bounds. That's how you have to look at that water on 18. It's OB right on 18 yeah. at the Zurich. And Louis, big old splash in the playoff. And it was really kind of a bummer. It took all the drama out of the playoff hole. Yeah, and then he was 90% on the year inside of 10 feet. 90%. That was the best on tour. And then missed about a 10-foot putt to at least – try to put some pressure on Cam Smith in the playoff. So, you know, I I, I I would just hate to be Charles Swartzel watching that, you know, like when you you have no control, you know, and then you're like, well. That's all, all right. shot. There, that's 500 grand down the toilet for oh. me. But, man, and, and let, let, me, let me just phrase something here before I get into the actual golf. I have been, me and Colby, we've been doing a one-and-done pool for, what, four or five years now, Colby? Uh, yeah, entirely too long for me to have not won any money, yeah. Okay, so so about, we'll just say five years to make my story sound better. I promise on everything that I, I know is possible, any single time that a playoff happens in this one-and-done pool, whoever has the most picked person wins that playoff 100% of the time. 20-something people had Leishman or Smith, and like one person had Louie and Swartzel. That's five hundred something thousand dollars. Hold on, somebody picked Cam Smith this week, implying that they already used Leishman or they're an idiot and decided to use Cam Smith instead of Leishman this week. I just <laughs> saw the email pull this mo- or the email this morning saying congratulations to the twenty. How many okay. ever people? Picked so a lot of people Cam picked Smith Leishman. Or, a lot of people picked Leishman. Lot, I, I would like to go back and do the research and see if anybody picked Cam Smith. Well, remember, like we we were looking on some guy picked um, some guy picked Morikawa or something like that, <laughs> and, they, and <laughs> missed him, it by him, that much. Him, him and Matt Wolf were, were, were that close, but uh, I want to get, get into the actual golf for a second. You know, like you brought up Swartzel, and it was kind of a choke fest. They all bogeyed seventeen. Swartzel had about a five footer that didn't even hit the hole. Um, oh, for, I was listening. On, I was listening on PGA Tour Radio, and I think it was Mark McCann where he was like, guys, sometimes you hit a putt and it just doesn't go the right direction. And that just happened to Charles Schwartz. And I was like, oh, he hit like a bad, bad putt. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, the, the hole could have been three times as big and it still wouldn't have gone in. And, <laughs> you know, that, um, you know, alternate shot makes for such a, a great format, in my opinion, just because, you know, it's so, it can be so volatile. I heard everyone on Saturday on the telecast talking about how, oh, well, you know, only so many people are really in it because, because it's hard to go out and shoot low, but it's like you can go out there and make bogeys just like it's nothing. We had um, the local boys, uh, Hovland and Ventura, were up there at the lead, and they shot probably, what, four or five over yesterday, something like that, um, last I saw. So, I mean, it, it, it's just it's a volatile thing. And, you know, I think one thing that a lot of people weren't mentioning that I thought was something incredible was that, you know, obviously the scoring conditions were better on Sunday for the alternate shot. But one reason I think everyone struggled on Friday is that, you're, half of your shots that you're playing, you're using someone else's ball more than likely. Like, you're not playing your own ball. And that is something that all of these guys are so used to having it spin a certain way. And particularly on Friday when there was a lot of wind that picked up, you get a ball that spins differently than you're used to in yeah. the, into a lot of that wind. I mean, it, it's hard to play. It really is. And so I think that that adds a whole new element to the game that makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, we saw some crazy stuff happened the last day in alternate shot. I, uh, two guys that I had in my DraftKings, one of them was Victor Hovland and Ventura, and then the other one was Cameron Champ and Finau, and they shot 76 and 78 uh, on the last day. I mean... Yeah, the 78 was Javi and Ventura. Yeah, 78 was Javi and Ventura. The 76 was Finau and Champ. Uh, they... Finau and Champ and, and Hovland and Ventura were both up there up there near the lead, and they finished uh, 
Finau finished 17th, and Hovland uh, finished 25th. I mean, it, unbelievable how much uh, alternate shot can change, and it, and it just proves how much harder uh, alternate shot is. You probably have one of the easier two-man uh, games in, in four ball, and then foursomes, you know, it's it's – just so much harder. When you look at our one and done picks, you know, I mean, Sam, we were feeling good pretty much all week having Cameron Champ. Taylor had Danny Willett, and for the first three days, don't, Cameron don't, Champ. Don't let me forget to rant about that, that <laughs> okay. whole ordeal. Champ and Finau were, were well up on the leaderboard. I mean, they were one back after day one. They yeah. led after day two. They were within a couple after day three. And then on the final day, they shoot 76. Willett and uh, Hatton shoot 69. So Willett and Hatton pick up seven strokes in the last day on Champ and Finau. Taylor gets a T8 out of Willett and Hatton. We get a T17 out of Champ. And Finau, so we lose a little bit of ground there. Um, but I was actually in Stillwater yesterday for Oklahoma State baseball, so I did not see what was apparently, Taylor, just a remarkable finish from Tyrrell Hatton and Danny Willett. So, my, my, first of all, and I don't want to completely rip Danny Willett, he also missed a 10 footer on 16 for birdie, which everyone was birdieing. But so we get to 18, and they show the shot way late on the telecast because I'm following on the app. And I'm thinking, all right, you know, we're sitting in good position. We got this alternate shot. And and for anyone that know, Hatton and um, Willett, they went out a little earlier than everyone. So we're like, hey, let's post a score. Let's get a little bit nervous because we had um, uh, Rowinski and Uline were at 19 under. Yeah. I mean, they looked like they were in position for a little bit. So had Hatton and uh, Willett birdied 18, which is very easy possible. It's a par five. It's long, but easily done. And, um, you know, if they birdie, they're in that T3 position and potentially getting a playoff. Willett hits it further right than Louie did. And I, I mean, he Hatton had to re-tee, hit it left, and then uh, Willett decides to miss a six-footer for bogey that would end up getting um, moving me up from just T8 to T7, so that's not that big a deal. But had we made a par, boys, stayed at minus 18 like we were when we were on the tee box on the par five, would have finished tied fourth. A little bit of difference in money yeah. there, so I just want to make sure. Thank you, Danny Willett, for your atrocity on the last three holes there. You really helped me out, buddy. What did, what did y'all think about the Leishman drop? With, on 16? Yeah. Uh, I was going to rewatch it on the replay of the telecast today because, again, I was in Stillwater, so yeah. I listened to the last few holes on the radio, but I didn't actually see the drop. But I know you said something on Twitter. So yeah. Several other people replied he, he on Twitter. Had, he had an official there with him, didn't he? When he was what, what hole it? was it? What hole was 16. it? 16. It was when he chipped yeah. in. Yeah, oh. he did have an official there, but I don't understand when they showed it above and even uh, at the normal camera angle, it looked like he, first of all, it looked like he took his club links a little closer to the hole. Um, and then uh, the part that got me was where, um, so he dropped it twice and it, they were both going to roll back into the hazard. So you pick it up and you place it, right? Well, he placed it and then it looked to me like the ball was, had stopped. And then he picked it back up, placed it, Looked like it had stopped. Maybe it was oscillating a little bit. Picked it back up, and then set it down and pushed down on it a little bit. It it didn't seem like you know what that reminds me of. Me. That reminds me of Hovland on Saturday at Tory. Hovland on fourteen was long left, and he was on that slope. He dropped it twice. He placed it. It rolled like half a revolution back. He picked it up, and then he was like, oh, no, did I just do something wrong? And he called the official over, and the official told him that as long as your ball moves after you place it, then you pick it up and replace it until you can get it to be stationary in the position where you dropped it or the nearest point. Yeah. So I don't know that. No, I get that. I'm just saying it looked to me like uh, Leishman's ball was stationary. Okay. And then he picked it up. I got you. Well, I mean, there's, there's a big difference, you know, because it's like Sam mentioned when – 
if you're changing how your lie is, that is a huge part of it. Because, I mean, like, for example, we, we, we were talking the last couple of weeks about the Siwoo Kim thing and on fast greens and your ball isolating. We've all played around before where, like, let's say your ball stops on a hill, right? And you literally just can't get the ball to stay still. either, Or maybe there's a divot beside the ball you can't get yeah. to fix right, and it rolls in. And so, I mean, it's a natural instinct. You try your best not to do it, but you have to kind of – press the ball into a little bit of position or the ball's going to move it, or you have to yeah. put it in the closest spot. That's what the technical rule is. If you can't get the ball to stay where it is, you place it the next closest spot to where the ball cannot will not isolate. And if Leishman did technically push his lie down a little bit, it could have made his lie better, which would not make the ball sit up so high on the grass. So then he's able to get a little bit more underneath it. Yeah. And um, that's what it, – it, it's just ironic that – It's not a big deal to me, you know. Well, well, it, well I, like, if he dropped closer to the hole, that's a bigger deal to me well, I think well, he did. than if his ball well, was or was not settled. Had he, had he chipped it to four feet and they made par, it's a different story. But they literally chipped in for birdie on the 70th hole of the tournament. I mean, yeah. this is so kind water, of a big deal. Water left on the par four. So I'm assuming Cam Smith what? He, 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 hit no, no, he hit three wood dead straight at the pin, and it bounced bounce. and took a terrible bounce left and barely went in the water. Okay, so then Leishman so, dropped, chipped it in, and, yeah, and the for pin, the pin was close to the is to the front right. So it's one of those deals to where, like, okay, so you're supposed to be able to take from the entry point of the hazard, no closer to the hole as your two club links. And I kind of think you're right, Sam, because if the entry point's here and the flag's here, I know it's hard to do on a podcast, but let's just say it's 30 yards, right, at an angle. So you in and that way, you have to use the Pythagorean theorem, essentially, and say that, yeah. okay, I need to I have to use my clubs to go at this angle because with two clubs, it's not going to be with inside 30 yards. And yeah. if you go dead to the right, two club links, you're probably at 28 yards now. Yeah. Which, and it, last time I checked, 28 is closer than 30. If he would have <laughs> taken his club links a little farther back, the ball would have been way more above his feet. Really? And so it definitely helped him out uh, to be... I, I see, see anytime I play, line or I think it was definitely closer. So anytime I have to take a drop, I always go kind of diagonally backward because you never want to flirt with, you know, going directly 90 degrees sideways because you just, I don't ever want the guys that I'm playing with to think that I'm dropping the ball a foot closer to the hole than where it was, especially if you're around the green, you got a yeah. better lie, something like that. So I always kind of go diagonally backward. But my question is he had to take the drops. He had to, you know, get the ball to settle. And then there was a confusion about whether he was closer to the hole was there or was there not a rules official present no there there was no, no confusion okay it was like okay. i just noticed it when they showed the overhead i got view. you i got you and so like and, and for the record i tweeted that that he was closer before he ever even chipped in so like i it I, to me it just looked like a bad drop yeah, and but, you, you texted us immediately as yeah. soon as it happened you were like is this not a bad drop is he not closer to the yeah. hole but I mean, I guess if there's no confusion, then you don't need to call in an official. They no, only I mean, call an official if they yeah. need a ruling, and yeah. I, he didn't need a ruling. And like I said, it probably wasn't that big of a deal, but the fact that he chipped it in made it a big, big deal. Right. So right. to me, but yeah, and I mean, like we we've seen it before to where it's it's really all about angles because we've seen it to where you can hit it in the hazard, take your two club links, and you can drop on the green, and you're like, well, wait, what? How did I do that? And it's like you're not closer to the hole, so you can drop it wherever you want, and. Yeah. Um, well, within the two club links. And so I just think that, and that's a really good point that you make, Sam, about the difference in the two club links dictating what lie you stand on. Because yeah. with that ball above your feet, 
ball above your feet like that, the ball's going to run out, and where was the pin? On the front of the green. So yeah. he might have had to use that little five-iron chip that he was using all week or whatever he needed yeah. to do that was on the ground that had no chance of holding it, but he might have got close. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that little stuff like that could dictate the whole tournament and our one-and-done pool because 20-something people had them and no one had Louis, <laughs> so that makes me even more angry. Yeah. So in the one-and-done, do they do they pocket the full two mil for the one-and-done, or do they just get the one mil for their individual player? It's just one mil. It's, yeah. it's essentially like a first and second. Second split money. Gotcha. Because they split, is. Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith split 2.13 million. So it's about 1.06 million each. It's actually 1.069 million each. Nice. Yeah. So gotcha. well, well done, fellas. Yeah. No. And um, before we get off the subject of balls, like next to the water, uh, we had uh, Peter Uline. <laughs> Peter Uline, shout out Core Ferry Tour with from Oklahoma State. Also, shout out to my DraftKings lineup, which Peter Uline was a part of. We have Peter Uline. Uh, Right next to the water, and he had to and he had to put his feet in the water, and had like about a hundred and twenty yard shot. There was a gator in the middle of the pond, a hundred and twenty yards, and almost hold it out. These guys on, that was are on sick. Friday, I think. These guys who are getting in these gator infested ponds are sick human beings. Yeah, there's no way I'm putting my feet where I can't see them, and I know there's gators in there. No, yeah. no way. No way. I'm I'm leaving. I'm getting DQ'd before I stand in the Gator Pond. No, no way. No, yeah, definitely. Two two things I want to bring up. One is that we all saw Cameron Champ on Saturday, right? On 18. We see him by the Gator. We uh, I've that. seen the yeah. picture of him yeah. dropping next to the Gator, yes. I, I, how Can anyone hit a golf shot with the Gator five feet away from them? Or ten feet? No way. No. I, I don't think I could. No, There's I no had chance. to. So, one time, it was last summer, I was playing up at Golf Club of Edmond with a buddy of mine, yeah. and I hooked it into the uh, the creek running up the left side of number two, mm-hmm. there, that par five Golf Club of Edmond. Yeah. And and went to look for my ball, and I took a step, and I almost stepped on a snake. Oh. Terrified me. So I backed up. So I took my drop about two club lengths from the water, and my buddy stood there, and he basically watched the snake for me while I hit. And, I, dude, I hit such a bad shot. It was so <laughs> bad. It was like towed, blocked out to the right up by the cart path. I was trying to get that shot over with so fast. I don't know how in a PGA Tour event you could stand – I mean, what was he, 8, 10 feet away from a gator and hit a golf yeah. shot? And, and he stepped behind this ball to line it up like it was nothing. He had to be within, literally within 5 feet of the gator at one point. Gators and, are quick. Well, they got they got way bigger stuff than that in Australia. So Yeah. Oh, 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 and yeah, also, absolutely. I've seen the, uh, the documentary about the alligators too many times. Uh, Lake Placid. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> yeah, <The> documentary. documentary. <laughs> oh, you, you ever seen Lake Placid? Movie. Well, no, it's sort of, a, sort of a generational gap. It's a uh, movie from when Taylor and I were kids. We're yeah. like three years age difference. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's, it's from when Taylor and I were kids. It's about these like, I don't know, 18 foot gators in Lake Placid, New York that are what? killing people and killing cows and they're trying to they're trying to get them and they keep eating people. It's uh, definitely not a documentary. It's some sci-fi <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> I want to shout out to Yes, I saw it. I don't know how many times it happened. I know it happened once. I think it was in the Hovland Ventura group even. They were walking up a par three or par four and there was a gator, like, right in the middle of the walkway. Yeah. And here comes this cart, you know, a rules official cart out of nowhere, just blazing by to scare the gator into the pond. And I'm like, <laughs> shout out to the guys driving that golf cart, because I'm not driving a cart head on at a gator. I don't care what the stipulations are, because if that thing gets pissed off at me and turns around, not going to be very happy. You know why you don't play chicken with a gator? Because gators eat chickens. That's yeah. I mean, the logic's so simple. I would rather be the gator than the chicken in that scenario. Yes. I don't no know doubt. about y'all. Uh, by the way, in terms of our DraftKings pool that we're in every week, I was the Gator this week. You all were the chicken. <laughs> of the 16 yeah. entries, there was exactly one that had six made cuts. I'll take the easy win. Just 
just a little cakewalk on the weekend. Didn't even have to sweat it. It was nice. It was really nice. Y'all should try it sometime. You know, you notice how he, he goes in this big dialogue when he wins. When, when he doesn't win, he doesn't hear nothing. But but recently, Sam, yeah, we you never won. Even, we have to I remind won. him to cover DraftKings. Yeah. Did you, we? You won recently, I mean, Sam. I won. I won recently, yeah. Sam. Where I finished really uh, highly second in the Masters. I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't that. realize that y'all had gotten any wins. I, and, must, I must have missed that and, last and, week. And I think too that we spent <laughs> in our combined three times of winning some profitable money. We spent as much time talking about it as Colby just did bragging about himself for one week. Well, I'm just saying, you know, y'all kind of got lucky on yours. I was the only entry that had all six lineups make the cut. I'm just saying there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for I, that. It was impressive. Anyone it, uh, who listened to you would have made some money. You, you know what else is, is impressive? Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln is just 15 minutes west of the Oklahoma City Metro. They've been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 67 years. To last that long in the automobile business, you have to treat people like family, and that is exactly what the Diffie team prides itself on. So come on by and check out the new 2021 Ford F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator. The Diffie team will always have your best interest at heart. So give the Diffies a call and feel free to ask for Lane Diffie. That's right, you can deal directly with the owner at Diffie Ford Lincoln, just 15 minutes west of the Metro on I-40 in El Reno. Uh, fellas, good week at the Zurich, the LA Open on the LPGA Tour. Two weeks in a row now where a fairly big name on the LPGA Tour has broken a fairly long drought of winning. Last week it was Lydia Ko in Hawaii. He was on about a three-and-a-half-year drought. And then Brooke Henderson on Saturday night in primetime out in L.A. broke a nearly two-year winless drought. So it's been a couple of good weeks for the PG, for the LPGA. If they can continue to have big names that people recognize um, win and, and get some of these players back to the tops of their game, I think that that can only help the LPGA moving forward. Yeah, I mean, we were watching the, the finale of the, of the term on Saturday, finished on Saturday, coming down the stretch. And Brooke Henderson had a big lead for most of it. And coming down the stretch, finishing holes in 18. Uh, she has a two-shot lead. Nelly Corda hits first. She hits a three Par, par, par three, Jessica Corda. Jessica Corda. Sorry, we got too many Cordas out there. That Nelly did finish T10. They were both top 10, but yeah, it was I, Jessica. I, I, yeah, I want to make sure to, to get the right feet. sister right. So How about the par three 18th, by the way? Uh, what, what, before we get more into LPJ, what do y'all think of par three 18th? What, what y'all's philosophy Absolutely on? hate it. I see. Hey. I I hate it if it's just like a basic par three, yeah. or or if, even if it's like a two hundred and twenty yard par three that most guys are just going to make three or four on. But I really kind of liked the hole on the LPGA. It was a it was a diagonally shaped green. It was super narrow. It had a lot of elegant bunkering. There's a steep drop off right off the back of the green. I think that that particular par three lended itself to drama, which is kind of what we saw on Saturday because it was a two-shot lead for Henderson going to the 18th. Corda yep. hits it to three feet. Henderson hits it over the green, down the steep hill, and then plays a remarkable pitch shot up to about a foot. So I think as long as it's a par three with some character where one player could make two and another could make four, yeah. I'm good with it. It's a heck of a birdie by Corda to put some pressure on her. Oh, it, it was a it was a phenomenal shot. It just, to me, it seems like it's, it, it may become a more of a common occurrence. I know um, Pasatiempo, of course, we talked about not too long ago, it's final holes in 18th hole. Um, a tournament on the European Tour had a, a, one of their courses they finished on a par three and um you know i just think it's something that um like you said i, I completely agree with colby i think it depends on the hole because um i believe it's the green briars tournament that they have where the 18th hole is is it is. It, it is a par three and i think it's a very basic simple hole i don't think there's much character to it again that um, hole i don't think is a good finishing hole it, it doesn't it's, matter. it's not a good finishing hole. if it's a par three par four par five i mean we can we can decide if it's a good hole or not and so um, you know, if you have, like, for example, the 16th at Augusta as your last hole with the pin tucked in the bowl, I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, that would be kind of cool in my opinion. Yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that 
I think that it needs to be percentage-wise, right? So I think you need to have ninety, at least 95% of your golf courses finish on a par 4, par 5, and then kind of have the par 3 finish hole just sprinkled in a couple times there. I think it could be implemented on a couple of other courses, but um, I don't think it's something that is like a like a mainstay or something that a lot more of if, – if more golf courses start being built, that's something that's going to be put in. I don't think Tiger is going to be in any of his new development courses putting a par 3 as the finishing hole. Yeah. Yeah, and back to this LPGA tournament real quick. Korda and Jin Young Ko, Jessica Korda and Jin Young Ko shot 72 in the final round. That was the highest uh, final round score of anyone inside the top 23. So tied for 23rd, someone finally shot. Ashley uh, Buhai shot uh, 72 also, but everyone else shot 71 or below uh, in the top 20. Top tied for 23 yeah that does not play well so they i mean and they finished what they finished second and tied for third yeah so they they definitely didn't get it done on you know jessica corda needed needed brooke henderson to uh birdie uh, pardon me bogey the 18th on saturday she didn't she made par but jessica corda with the birdie still broke herself out of what would have been i think a four-way tie for third into solo second yeah so that's more uh more rolex points more more money all that good stuff that comes along with that why don't we do this why don't we take one thing i want to say about the zerk before before we head on um there were there were three guys this last week who averaged more than 3.4 strokes uh tee to green um brendan still louis who's in the playoff and osu's peter uline want to throw that out there and fourth strokes game this week was a uh, richie rowinski so uh third and fourth or the team that finished uh third, third in the tournament yeah. yeah they had uh third and fourth best in ball striking and you know i'm going to go down here and maybe get y'all's opinion on this or just state it out out of the 66 guys that made the um were on the teams that made the cut Patrick Cantley was 57th in strokes gained. Wow. Green. He's slumping. He, he's slumping. Some. He's slumping big time. I, I don't know when or if he's going to be able to get I, I I know he will figure he will get it back at some point. But I was just scrolling through the names and see him down there. I mean, in the – what I say it was, 50-something? I mean, that's that's pretty crazy for a guy's top 10 player in the world and who seemed like in the West Coast swing was the most surefire bet on the tour. I'll keep asking you, would you still take Cantley over Reed? Man, that's with the golf right now. That's tough. That I, I would say I think there's other Americans that you might take. I don't know. That's just such, God. The the read thing is such an intriguing question. <laughs> How about this? So I, I was me and Sam were talking about this before you got here, Taylor. So Louis Oosthuizen still has exactly one PGA Tour victory. It was the Open Championship at St Andrews in 2010. It's his only PGA Tour win. He's also he's never won in the United States. Louis hasn't. He's won all over the world. He's won a bunch on the European Tour, African Tour, all that stuff. He's got a bunch of wins, but only one on the PGA Tour. But he has now finished runner-up in all four majors, a World Golf Championship. It was the match play a few years back. The players, uh, he's finished runner-up in a regular event, Valspar, a couple years back, uh, a playoff event, and he's now finished runner-up in a team event. So he has finished runner-up in basically every style event that you possibly can. Also, Cameron Smith yesterday became the first player to get multiple wins in the same PGA Tour event since 1970 and 1971. It was the PGA National Team Championship in back-to-back years. Name the two guys who were on the team who won that team event in 1970 and 71. Same team both years. Um, Jack and Arnie. It was not a trick question. It was Jack and Arnie in 1970 and 1971. How would you like to be another guy on the tour showing up to play Jack and Arnie in a two-man? Was that the team... Was that the uh, Oklahoma City? Four? Uh, was that the one at Quail Creek and Twin Hills? 
That's a, it's, it said it was in the 70s, so I would assume that maybe it's a little too Yeah, late. 70 and 71, the PGA National Team Championship. I, w- I wouldn't think that would have been the one. It would have been along the same lines, though, so we had the guys that uh, that actually beat them that week. So we know that they are a, a, a defeatable opponent, but they weren't those two years. Yeah, we had some absolute legends of the game come through the state of Oklahoma back in the day, and we're having the legends of the game come through the state of Oklahoma here in about a month. month from tomorrow is whenever the senior PGA gets kicked off at Southern. We'll be up there that week. Uh, remember, we are partnered with Golf Oklahoma here on the 73rd hole. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything. The coverage for the senior PGA is going to be phenomenal. The senior PGA preview edition of the magazine is out, so make sure that you get that. Go subscribe. GolfOklahoma.org. Check it all out you will not be disappointed yeah that uh it was actually in 1968 was the year that uh quail creek and twin hills both held the tournament okay so not too far off no not too far off we're kind of in the same neighborhood uh all right let's take a break let's come back on the other side we got big 12s happening this week taylor i know your alma mater uh went ahead and finished it off last week we've also got a tiger sighting both on and off uh of a golf course so we'll get into all that and much much more stay with us here on the 73rd hole the official podcast of golf oklahoma when something the size of a golf ball hits your roof you need to call mccray roofing McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Having a little bit of fun here during the break. We were kind of joking, you know, Taylor said that Tiger's not going to be designing any courses anytime soon with par threes to finish. Well, the hay opened just last week. It's got a par three to open and to finish and all the holes sandwiched in between are par threes because it's a par three course. It looks phenomenal. <laughs> but also, Payne's Valley, you settle your bets on the 19th. It's a little par three island green right in the middle of the rocks. Defend yourself, Taylor. Defend yourself. Uh, I, I, I will agree. Terminology is very key here because par three courses do end on par threes. So we, we do have to say that, but does the 19th hole count as a as a as your last hole designed? I design? don't think so. No, it doesn't. No, and isn't 18 to Paints Valley a par five? I right there along, alongside the rocks. I, I think, think it, it is. is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, then, uh, the 19th I, looks pretty sweet, though. Oh, it's a, it's the best looking hole on the course, and it's not one of the 18 holes. <laughs> yeah, except somebody's... for the fact that it, they're going to keep having to redo that green every time they get big rain. Oh, I know. It's going to get flooded every time. I had some buddies go play it a couple weeks ago, and they got kind of unlucky with the weather. It was kind of chilly, cloudy, so like their pictures and stuff on the 19th hole weren't that great. But I'm sure it was still awesome That's uh, to get up there and play that. So, Tiger, while we're on the subject... He's back, baby. Oh, he, he's gonna he's gonna win a major again. Peak physical condition. He looks so much better than I thought he 
than I thought it would. Uh, first off, I thought he was going to have something on both legs. He releases the picture. A, Left flag I mean, looks great. Huge Nothing. props for having the dog in the picture. I mean, that's just smart. That's yeah. just smart to have the dog in the picture. You went over uh, the hearts of all the softies, myself included. Well, he had the dogs in the uh, champion's dinner picture. That's true. Not he here. loves the dogs. Yeah, the he, dogs are part of the Woods family. They are. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. So he's got big boot and cast and everything on the right leg, but the left leg... I mean, it looks like it's ready to go run a marathon. The upper body, chest, arms, shoulders. Yeah. Looks like he's been doing some arm workouts. I, I'm just going to say, I think Tiger is in peak physical condition, and I think that uh, the other guys on tour are just lucky that he's having to wear that boot so he can't come out there and just wear them all out at the PGA at Kiowa. He's back. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this. I feel, I feel a lot better now than I, I felt a week ago. I feel great. I, I can already hear it coming. I'm feeling great about hearing these words coming, but I can already see it. I've, we've dealt with how many ever Tiger comebacks now. How many times does he say it's a process? You got to you got to go through the ups and downs. You got to do blah blah blah. So he's going to come out, and when he starts playing again, he's going to contend in some tournaments. Then he's going to get higher up in the tournaments. Then he may win a tournament. Then he's going to contend in majors. Then he may win a major. It's just all a timeline here. But I guarantee, you, once he starts playing again, he's just going to say it's all about the process because he, for some reason, in Tiger's head, he can't he can't just come out out of one of these deals and just light it up. Which I understand this injury is a, a huge deal. But I'm saying once he comes out and starts playing, be expected to hear the word process quite a bit. Yeah. Well, and then. We saw the picture of him in the golf cart with Erica watching Charlie play in his junior tournament. I have and, not seen the leaderboard for that tournament. I'm going to assume it had Charlie Woods on top. Yeah, I know. But but what I'm saying is Tiger was sitting in the golf cart leaning forward. If, you have, if your back's hurt, you're not going to be sitting like that. You're going to be sitting up like this. Keep that posture up, Tiger. Yeah. We got to work on the posture. Even on the crutches, he was bent over. He's going to be working that spine. He's leaning forward. I think his back's okay. Back's probably okay. He's probably got some good physios, too, helping him out. He gets a little sore. I'm sure he can get a little little, uh, little rub down. Well, you made a good point earlier, Colby, with the fact of he he probably released the photo when he did with the, with the dog on, the, on his practice facility or wherever it was because he knew he was going to go watch Charlie the next day and so kind of wanted his own... Wanted own to control step. the narrative. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, especially right now when no one's seen him or heard from him since, besides for a couple tweets here and there since the, since the whole accident. And so you could tell yesterday in that picture, too, he wasn't very happy at the mom or dad that, that was snapping that photo. So, uh, he, <laughs> he was, he, he was the, giving him the death stare. The parent needed to send the kid over and take a picture, whoever the child who was playing in the tournament, because if you're the grown adult taking the picture of Tiger in a situation like that, you're probably going to get that death stare. If he, if he gave that death stare to a kid, I might feel a little, a little more hard against him. Well, so. here's my question. Could the parent not have like been more discreet I know. taking the picture? Like, it, Surely at some point he got out of the cart and maybe stood next to a green or something or just like leaned on the cart and you can get a picture off from the side or behind. No, no, no. Tiger and Erica drive up in the cart. This dude's got to be like 15 feet away, <laughs> head on with Tiger Woods. Or taking a picture. It is a hilarious picture. It is. Tiger looks so upset that somebody's taking his picture. <laughs> it is. I'm, I'm trying to find the leaderboard. I don't know what tour he was playing in. So I, I, I have no idea. Uh, Here, up, here's the leaderboard. Charlie Woods won at a lot under par. Everyone else two through dead last. Yeah. I mean, Charlie's he's going to dominate all these junior tournaments until he gets a little bit older. Obviously, once he starts getting into, I don't know, probably freshman year of high school and up, and he starts playing against, like, legitimate uh, D1-bound athletes, then then he'll start getting some competition. But they're just there's not many 11-year-olds who can do what Charlie Woods can do. He's no. obviously has some built-in advantages, great genetics, uh, all best practice facilities in the world. I mean, that's where Tiger took his picture with the dog was on his new practice facility that's being resodded. If you, there, it was a certain segment of the telecast 
much y'all may not get to see it. They they were talking about how Mark Leishman's wife was back home with their son at a tournament. He's a nine-year-old. He was playing in a junior tournament. She was streaming the telecast while watching her son play. And I tell That's you what, cool. Mark Leishman's nine-year-old boy, he's got a good action too. I, I mean, like I it. mean, it's 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 not on Charlie's level yet, but for being two years younger, that that action was pure. I mean, if anyone who out there get, hadn't seen it, go make sure to look that up because um, it seems like the uh, the golfing bloodline may continue. But just besides the woods line, looks like the Leishman's got a got a young uh, prodigy coming up. What's as the well. best What's the best father son duo ever on the tour? Is it the Stadlers? Uh, the, the Loves. Haas. The Loves. Haas. Oh, Haas. Uh, yeah, Haas. It'd probably, probably be Haas, right? Jay and Bill. I'm, the Tways. Cra- Bob Craig, and Kevin. Craig and Kevin Stadler. Yeah, the yeah, Tways. Ke- Kevin, Kevin Stadler was good for a while before they banned the anchor putter. Yeah, oh, man. That. The anchor band killed Kevin Stadler. <laughs> he, he literally came out and said he can't play anymore because yeah. they banned it. And, and he basically didn't. I mean, for several years. He, he, he gets in a couple events here and there, but never, hardly I, ever I believe it in. was Phoenix earlier this year where he made his first cut in several years. Um, Kevin Tway's won on the PGA Tour. Bob Tway won a major. Did JT's dad ever play on tour? I don't believe so. I think he was just uh, a PGA pro. A pro. Yeah. yeah, and then you get in the pros, you get the Harmon line and all that. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but, which they played on tour, too. Yeah, Mark and Tyler McCumber. It's yeah. a good one. It's a good pull. Uh, who else? To, but there haven't been any I mean, sons come yeah. out and be like superstars. I mean, you know, Bill Haas obviously had the great moment at the FedEx Oh, well, uh, this is the best one. Tom Moore Sr. and Tom Moore Jr. That's by far the best one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. ser- I mean, seriously, they won how many ever major championships yeah. it combined? It definitely is. Let's... And then there was let me Jackie, Jack the Burke Sr. and Jack Burke Jr. Modern era. Yeah. Best modern era father-son. Guys who didn't play yeah, he, here, here we go. Father and son <laughs> winners on major professional tours. Here it is. I got it right here. Sam said guys who didn't play in ties. That's fantastic. <laughs> Man, what's wrong with playing in ties? Here, uh, we, we all uh, talk about uh, Francis Wumay and Harry Vard. They played in ties, so does that discredit their... I don't talk their... about Francis Wimay and Harry Varden. <laughs> uh, th- then you don't respect the game. Um, I mean, I respect the game, but I also understand that it's a lot harder to win. I mean, it wasn't that hard to win in 1916. There weren't that many guys who could play. The greatest game ever played was the 2008 U.S. Open. It wasn't Francis we met and little Eddie... I don't know who he's playing against. Hat. I don't know who he's playing against. Okay, here, here's the Francis list. Met. Here's the list of all the father sons that have won. We've already mentioned Bob and Kevin Toy, Craig and Kevin Stadler, Jay Bill Hawes. Um, we have Al Guyberger and Brent Guyberger. Al Guyberger, okay. famous for 59. shooting the very first fifty nine. Uh, Julius Burroughs, who's the uh, I believe the oldest winner on the PJ Tour. He is. Uh, son Guy Burroughs, or how do you pronounce that? Uh, Clayton uh, Hefner and uh, Vance Hef. Is I, I know it's, <laughs> it's got to be Hefner. Right? I want you to well, say it again. Well, I don't want to say it. Well, it, it's Hef. It's Hefner with an A, it, but yeah, but it's an A before the F. So Hefner. I went Hefner. 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 Yeah. Right? Is that what I, said? I think so. Like yeah. Hefner. And then uh, Jack Burke Senior, Jack Burke Junior, um, Joe Kirkwood Senior, and Joe Kirkwood Junior. Oh, then, yeah. um, uh, then Tom Moore Senior, Tom Moore Junior. Can which we get I'm, creative with our names? Do we have to name all of our kids our own names with the Junior? <laughs> and the last one, Willie Park Senior and Willie Park Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we get cr- shout out to Bob and Kevin Tway for not yeah. having a junior? Shout out to Jay Haas for not having Jay Haas Jr. on the PGA Tour. <laughs> Jay Haas Jr. Yeah. sounds kind of sweet though. Jay Haas Jr. Jr. doesn't sound bad. That's like the uh, the JJ, the double J's in there. I like it. And I then like another one around here. I mean, he might be on tour one day. Hayden and Willie Wood. Yeah, you're right. He's grinding, trying yeah. to make it happen. That'd be yeah. a good one. Be a really good one from around uh, around here locally. But be interesting to see now that. Now that professional golfers make so much money, have so much access to technology and practice facilities and all these other things, it'll be interesting to see if we see more sons in the future following the footsteps of their dads and become big time, big time tour players. It's just hard. <laughs> it yeah, is hard, it's just man. Really Expectations hard. versus 
you know, enthusiasm versus. Did we, did we mention Davis Love and his son Drew Love? But I, I was I mentioned them first, but they haven't. They didn't win. Drew, Drew didn't win, so he wasn't on that list. Oh, yeah, and, I see. And, I see. and Davis and the okay. Love family is kind of similar to the Harmons, where they were like a lot of teachers yeah, and right. stuff like yeah. that. So. Yeah. So good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Uh, what we got? Else? The Big Twelves this week. Big Twelves. Prairie we're, Dunes. We're off underway at Prairie Dunes and Quade Cummins. He's off to the early lead, three under through seven, two hey, shot nice. lead. Shout out Quade, friend of the show. So there, it's actually a seventy-two hole tournament, thirty-six today, and then eighteen, eighteen. Right, Colby? Yeah. And so yep. normally God, they're fifty-four that sounds hole so tournaments. Miserable. That I can just think about awful, back to the days. Especially thirty-six, eighteen, eight. Oh, if no. it's blowing anything like it is here up in Kansas. I was going to say, they're in Hutchinson, Kansas at Prairie Dunes. I GPSed it on my phone earlier before we started. It's three hours and six minutes from where we're currently sitting. There's The wind outside the window right now is blowing a solid 30. I mean, we're in a wind advisory in Oklahoma today. If it's anything like this in Kansas, then mega shout and, out to Quaid for being three under through seven. And Quaid is three under through seven, but Jonathan Brightwell is six over through seven. Whoa. So Not good uh, if we're looking at the team player leaderboard, this is obviously really early in the tournament. By, by the way, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State playing together today for all 36, playing twosomes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and while, I'm, while I'm reading this off, Colby, go ahead and look up the PGA Tour U rankings so we can – Yep, I got them right can, in front uh, of me. Twosomes will at least help the uh, 36 holes go faster. It will. It, it definitely yeah. will. So so the way they're doing it, they're pairing teams based on the Sagarin rankings or Sagarin rankings, however you pronounce it. So Oklahoma is the number one team in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's number two in the Big 12. They play together today. Three and four play together today. Five and six, seven, eight, nine, ten play together today. Uh, PGA Tour U rankings. Here's one through five. One, John Pack at Florida State. He's got about a 200-point lead on second, and then it gets mega congested from two through, like, 15. Garrett Reband from University of Oklahoma, he's at two. Davis Thompson from University of Georgia, he is at three. Only seven points back of Thompson is Austin Eckroat at Oklahoma State. Chun on you from Arizona State, only nine points back of Eckroat. And then you drop back about another 50 points, and you get to McClure-Meisner from SMU. Quade Cummins sitting at seven. Right now, Quade Cummins at seventh, but he is only about 100 points out of fifth. So this could be a big, big week for Quade Cummins. And you mentioned Jonathan Brightwell, obviously not off to a great start. So hopefully he's able to bounce back. He's currently 14th in PGA yeah. Tour U rankings and six through 15 can have some impact as well. And so what you have to look at this week is Quade really needs to beat Reband and Eckroat because those are the those are the guys ahead of him in the yeah. PGA Tour U rankings. Obviously, uh, that's probably not forefront. Uh, on his mind they're just trying to win the big 12 championship as a team um, because I know how they run their program down there and everything is team oriented Uh, but it still has to be in the back of your mind a little bit that uh, he needs to get a a win this week to really give himself a chance headed into regionals and nationals because um, I mean if you have to win regionals or nationals it's it's going to be a tough that's a big ask tough ask that's a big ask there's a lot of schools there a lot lot of out external factors come into play and also so, I mean, with Quaid, he is to some extent at the mercy of the guys ahead of him. Now, it helps him that two of those guys are in his conference. He has a chance to beat them head-to-head, but he can't control what Davis Thompson, Chun you and McClure Meissner uh, do. So, he, for him to move up, he's going to have to play well. Some of those other guys, maybe not as well. Uh, so, the Big 12s will be something to keep an eye on. We'll update you tomorrow as well. Uh, whenever we preview the Valspar, we'll make sure to keep you posted on uh, how everybody does in their 36 holes today at Prairie Don'ts. Yeah, and then I was just going to say, mention that Eckroad is one of over through six and uh 
Let's see. Reband is two over through six. I think they're playing together, Reband and Ekrot, right? And uh, so, yep, yep. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then just talking about Prairie Dunes, it, when it is blowing out there, uh, you know, it, it, it is a brutal course to play, not just because of the native grass around the fairways and everything. It is brutal around the greens, and if they get those greens rolling quick and the wind is blowing, I mean, we saw the scores uh, a couple of years ago when they had big 12s there and Chase Hanna won. Uh, they had some pin locations where the ball wouldn't stay still, uh, and, and, and a lot of people were upset about it, but it's pretty, it, it's one of those courses where you can either shoot you could a good player could shoot an eighty-two or three out there, and and in a hurry. Yeah, you know na- what I mean. Native stuff all over the place. Very open. Can get very windy. Definitely a difficult golf course. Yeah. Well, the the thing that uh, um, Perry Maxwell is most known for is the undulating greens. So yeah. next thing you know, you got this wide open area because of the the native area. So you got wind coming throughout. No, you got nothing to block the greens. So then you got imagine a four footer with that's on a slope with a crosswind coming at you. I mean, good luck hitting that putt. Um, you know, and so I'm, I mean, shout out to these <laughs> guys. Lag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but <laughs> what about uh, uh, OC last week, Taylor? Yeah. OC, uh, shout out to my alma mater. They were, they were able to win Lone Star Conference. I believe that was their fifth win of the year. So they end up getting a spot at the super regional, which is up in, um, in Seattle, Washington of wow. all places. So be a little bit of a travel, but, um, with how well they're playing, I, I have no doubt that they'll make it to the national championship. So uh, congratulations to them. And also want to point out this is the um, the opening. Uh, yesterday was the opening round of the uh, uh, PGA Professional Championship, which is how the all the yeah. PGA pros get into the uh, PGA Championship, which will be at um, Kiowa this year and then also obviously Southern next year. So um, that'll be a tournament to uh, to keep an eye on to see who. I, I can't remember what the name was. It top 16 or somewhere around that get um, get in the tournament. So and, and every be, year there'll be a couple of those guys make the cut. Not very many, but there will be one or two who make the cut every year, and it's it's cool to see those guys go out and have that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was just going to mention the Summit League, obviously with ORU, and then UMKC, who has Edmonds uh, McCain Shellhart. Uh, that their conference championship is going to be May first through May third uh, at another great Kansas course. Uh, Saturday at, through Monday. That's an interesting, interesting tournament schedule. Yeah, it's Saturday through Monday, and it's going to be at Sand Creek Station, uh, which is another great Kansas course. It's it's kind of similar to Prairie Dunes, well, part just of not quite as hard. Area. It's in Newton, Kansas, basically Wichita. Okay, so. okay, so still still in the, in the same area, fairly close. Yep. Uh, all right, fellas, let's play our weekly game of how high in the world did this guy get. We were talking about Kevin <laughs> Stadler earlier, so I looked him up. Let, let me give, give me both your guesses. Who wants to go first? Highest ever official world golf ranking position for Kevin Stadler? I'll Tw- 22. 22? Tyler? 36. Taylor is closer. This one was tougher because ah. this guy never got quite as high. Taylor was closer. Actually never cracked the top 50. Highest he got was 52nd in the world. Would have been back in 2014. Can you so, cl- click on his profile, see what his uh, biggest win was? I know he won at least one time on the tour. His biggest win, he, uh, he's he got seven PGA Tour wins in his career. Uh, let's see. Best performances to date. He won the 2014 Waste Management Phoenix Open. How about that? I totally forgot about that. I totally, totally forgot about that. Okay, no, no, no. Pardon me. So that would have been his only P 
PGA Tour win. He had seven wins in total. He had some on the official Corn World Ferry. Golf Ranking wins. Official World Golf Rankings wins. Yes, he had he had several on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, looks like he had one at the Johnny Walker Classic in 2006, which was uh, Asia Europe. The, the, yeah, that, that was yep. a big that was a big tournament back. It was the, that was a big Euro event back yeah, in the day. It yeah. was, and then he won the 2014 Waste Management Phoenix Open, uh, and and shortly after is whenever he ascended to 52nd in the world. I totally totally forgot that he won the Waste Management. I did too. How about that? And that's the place where he made the cut earlier this year for the first time in a long time. So basically, we need to save Kevin Stadler next year for our one and done at Waste Management. That's is exactly what, what we're saying. That's the, 100% the advice we're giving our listeners. I got one more for y'all. Oh, Charles me. Schwartzel. Ooh, Charles Schwartzel. That's a good one. Only he, he, won, he won the Masters, and he was actually a really good player before he I'll even won the Masters. I'll give y'all a little hint. Uh, he was actually ranked higher at a different point than after he won the Masters. Okay, that's good to know. He's the only player in Masters history you know, to birdie 15 through 18 on his way to victory. Yeah, You know what? I'm going to go out on them. I'm going to say six. Six? See, I don't... Man, I don't think he ever got that high. I think Charles would have gotten to about 13th in the world. He nailed it on the head. Did he, he really? Got, he got to sixth. Charles was very good. People forget how good the, he was. After... After uh, he finished tied for fourth in the 2012 WGC Cadillac Championship. Okay. So it was basically a year after he won the Masters. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, and I look forget it up. He that was, he was that good around that and time. And he was, he was good So before. he continued good play. Yeah, I mean, he, he was in the Masters for a reason. He was right, a top yeah. 50 player in the world. So he was he was kind of like Bezayden, who was in all honesty at one point, where he was kind of yeah. just played good. No one really paid attention to him, wins the Masters, and then gets all the way up to six in the world at one point. So I, I honestly, I was kind of, I just kind of a shot in the dark. I figured it might have been nine or ten, somewhere like that. But I figured I'd go a little high ball. So I, it's very interesting to see that he got up to six. And, you know, his, his new putter kind of distracts from all that stuff, oh, too. God. But, yeah. Yeah, man, he's he was a great player back in the day, and I'm, still is. Almost had a chance to win yesterday with Louis, who hit it in um, in the Atlantic Ocean or wherever he did on 18. Any guesses on what he was after he won the Masters? Uh, after he won the Masters, so that would have been previously, so it would have been a little higher. I'll say 13th again. Why not? And I'll say 11th. 11th. <laughs> God dang, I'm, I hate this game. I'm not cheating either. I'm not cheating. I hate this game. I actually love this game. I like looking up old golfers and seeing how high in the world rankings they got. Maybe we'll have one or two more of those for you tomorrow. We'll also have a full Valspar preview. We'll keep you updated on what's happening at the Big it's 12. Not the Quail Hollow next week. I yeah, thought Valspar. it was Quail Hollow this week. They switched it I did up. Too. Did I say Quail Hollow just now? What? No, 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 I said no, no, no. We, we, said said, we said it last week that last it was going to be did, Quail yeah. Hollow. I yeah. was just making sure, like, because I thought it was Quail Hollow too, but they switched around the schedule. Yeah. Now, the, now Tampa Bay is before Quail Hollow. Yeah, and it's actually a pretty good field this week at the Valspar. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cap gets in the field. Uh, Chase. Chase Cap, yeah. of course. <laughs> you got me with that joke the other day, too. And, uh, well, we got JT and DJs in the field as well. So, yeah. I mean, you got, you got some big names down there. Paul and Casey. Pa- and who? Patrick Reed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our favorite. Who's had success. From the way we're talking, he needs to play good to get in the top six so we can just avoid this controversy that we're having. Oh, absolutely not. I want him to be like 10th. I want him to be where, you know, he would maybe probably should be in, but it could be justifiable (laughs) to leave him out. I don't know. Because if he's 7th, I feel like Stricker's just going to put him in. But if he's 10th, it could get dicey. Yeah, I would think that Stricker would probably just have to pick the top, what, at least three or four just based off of performance. You know, just But at to, that point, why have six captains picks? Why not Stricker just leave it at four? seems more of a... He, Traditionalist. He likes, well, no, he seems more like a guy, you know, like more like an A-zinger compared to uh, Tom Watson where, you know, like Stricker loves football and he loves strategy. And his dogs. And he, and he loves his dogs. <laughs> and so, no. Shout and out to Scott for Plank. That, and so what I'm saying is he might look 
into the strategy a little more of who do I pair these guys with. So yeah. maybe that's our chance to get Patrick Reed off the team. I like it. I like it. I, I can't wait for the Ryder Cup. It's going to be an absolute blast. I also cannot wait for the Senior PGA Championship. Seriously, we're going to be at Southern that week. The greens up there are in phenomenal shape right now. Uh, the rest of it's still growing back from winter, but it'll be ready for the Senior PGA a month away. That, that sub-air uh, is sub a great investment. Those, oh, my God. Those, God, those, God, those greens. greens are so good. They're like glass. They're yep. like absolute glass, they, and they just look perfect. We're going to have some great content coming up for that, too. Uh, shout out to our man Brian Carnes, the head guy for the uh, PGA Ch- of America. Championship director for yep, PGA of America. Uh, director, From Stillwater, then, by the way, uh, local guy. Yep, and then we're going to have uh, Nick Sidorkis here this month uh, coming on to yep. talk. Uh, about the senior PGA and the PGA. So that's going to be really, really good stuff. Yeah, can't wait for all that. And make sure you can get the best coverage as well with our partners, Golf Oklahoma. GolfOklahoma.org. You can listen to our podcast right there on the front page. You can check out everything they have to offer, college tournaments, junior tournaments, everything happening in the state of Oklahoma, including the senior PGA. They will have that covered absolutely wall-to-wall, and we are happy to be a part of that. Uh, Gentlemen, great stuff today. Good tournament this weekend with the Zurich. We get back to individual stroke play tournament this week with the Valspar. We'll break that down and much, much more tomorrow on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.